2: What's going on? Welcome to episode number eight forty six of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, December the fifteenth. I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. But you can find links to every single episode. Of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We've got lots of great stuff for you to check out uh, on all of our networks NHL, MLB, NBA. Of course, with our season previews going on over on the Lockdown NBA podcast, plus the NFL and college channels, there is something for you out there in addition to this here podcast. If you have another team you like, there's a good chance we have a show covering it every single day with a local expert. So go and subscribe. All right, on today's show. This is my second time around recording today's episode, and it's actually kind of convenient that my first recording was dogged by horrible technical difficulties of my own creation, because some news came out as I was recording the first doomed episode for today... Uh, that Giannis Atentacumpo has signed the Supermax with the Milwaukee Bucks. It is a bummer for Raptors fans who had big dreams for 2021. It is a bummer for people who like to laugh at the Milwaukee Bucks. But hey, good for Giannis. Very happy to see him get that insane security and hopefully he finds some success with Milwaukee. Either way, I'm going to dive into that a little bit in the final segment of the show, but we're going to address that a little bit more fully on tomorrow's episode. Ashley Docking is going to jump by, and we're going to talk about Giannis and sort of the plan Bs now for the Raptors going forward. Uh, But first, we have a preseason game to talk about from last night. Who needs Giannis when you have Malachi freaking Flynn? Am I right? Uh, We're going to talk about Malachi Flynn basically for the entire first segment because he rules and it was awesome to see him show out in the second preseason game on Monday night with 17 points, efficient shooting, defense, steals, the whole whole uh, spectrum of excellent, excellent contributions from Malachi Flynn. So we'll talk about him off the top. And then we're going to hear from Nick Nurse as well, who had some interesting things to say about the rotation, in particular, Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas and his disappointment in their performances in Monday night's game, and DeAndre Benbry, who impressed quite a bit, as well as Malachi Flynn. So we will get to that in segment two before quickly touching on some of the ramifications more in the immediate future for the Raptors after the Giannis Antetokounmpo Supermax signing that'll be in the final segment but first let's get into Malachi Flynn who is awesome he kicks ass he is ready right from the jump and to me I don't even think this is that crazy an opinion he needs to be in the rotation on night one playing 20 minutes a night he needs to be the fourth guard behind Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell He brings so many things that the other guys in the sort of morass of guards fighting for position in the range of, you know, seven to 13 in the rotation. All of those guys offer something. Malachi Flynn kind of offers all of the best of those guys in one package. He is a polished pick-and-roll operator. He is a pull-up and three point, and catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, apparently. Um, he's a guy who has a pretty quick first step, can get to the rim, break down a defense, drive and kick. He apparently can get a steal and run transition quite well as well, based on what we've seen so far in a couple games. And he just really seems to fit the part of what the Raptors look for in their guards. And this is a team that likes to play two guard lineups. This is a team that likes to play three guard lineups and I could easily see them working in Flynn in some bench units right away. And having him make those tick. He's been, you know, look, it's the preseason. I'm going to use this caveat every 30 seconds as we go through this segment here. It's two preseason games. You don't want to get too too carried away, but this is a guy who was a four years four year college player who his entire thing coming out was this dude is ready to play basketball. This dude knows how to play basketball. And as it turns out, drafting guys who know how to play basketball is actually a pretty good strategy. And the Raptors have made that kind of their calling card. And I think Malachi Flynn, based on the way he's played so far, between the efficiency, between the you know security with the ball in his hands, between the way he sort of reads the the beats of a possession and can massage a possession to find the best look possible whether it's for himself or for somebody else I'm just really impressed by what he's done so far and it seemed kind of predictable, honestly, based on a lot of the hype about him coming out of college and into the draft. I mean, we had Robel on this very podcast a couple months back talking about how he'd be ready from day one. And the same Robel tweeting last night, you know, Flynn looking good from day one. Is, you know, it's like the easiest call you could have ever made as a draft Nick, right? It just he is ready to go. He looks the part. And I think. You know, it's unquestionable. He was much better than LaMelo Ball in these two games. He looks like a better current basketball player than LaMelo Ball, minus the cool passes from Ball, who is going to be fun one day, but Flynn just looks ready for a role right away. I think you're already talking yourself into, after two preseason games, again, two preseason games, talking yourself into him being like an all-rookie contender, things like that, and I think he should get the shot to do that. I think he should get the chance to play substantial minutes on this team because it is a wait-and-see year. It is a transitional season. You know, Maybe the news of Giannis changes the perspective on this season a little bit. Maybe they're a little bit more open to making trades for long-term money, things like that, and they're looking to maybe amp up their contention window quicker than waiting for a year. I have no idea, but either way... This is a year to see what you have in Malachi Flynn... and give him some rope to make mistakes. You have a lot of guys on this team who specialize in not making mistakes. Having one guy who seems pretty mistake-averse himself get the chance to have some growing pains, I think, would be a pretty cool way to go about it. We're not really sure what Nick Nurse's approach to rookies tends to be. He's only really had one that he's coached so far in two years with the team, and that was Terrence Davis last year, and his role oscillated, you know, the same as his effectiveness kind of did. He was not a reliable defender, a little bit too jumpy here and there, and kind of detracted from the good from the good stuff he did on the offensive end. And Nurse, I think, responded with, uh, I think, a reasonable amount of mistrust in what Davis could do on the floor. Flynn doesn't seem to really have those oscillations to this game. He seems kind of like a metronome player. And once again, it's two preseason games. You don't want to get too, too carried away here, but... From what we've seen, to me, the seventh spot in the rotation should be Flynn. Him and Norm Powell should be guiding bench units. Uh, you know, There will be other guards mixed in there as well. But to me, Flynn should be in the rotation from day one playing 20 minutes a night. And I would be quite comfortable with him doing that because he looks quite comfortable in literally everything he does. So I don't really see any reason to complain about it. And then the rest of the rotation, how that shakes out, becomes kind of interesting. And I think Game, uh, game 2 of the preseason will inform at least what the early season rotation looks like quite a bit because Nick Nurse had some pretty strong things to say afterwards. He was speaking about, um, you know, the the lack of inspiring play from Matt Thomas and Chris Boucher and the positive performance from DeAndre Bembry. And we'll get into the Nick Nurse response to the game and what it means, Can try to decipher what he was talking about with the rotation in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about a new sponsor we have today, which is 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it now if you have not yet read about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. When they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people and with 1010 it's beautifully reenvisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with the sustainably sourced diamonds from Botswana that is such an important detail here if you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day for example you're definitely going to want to check this offer out again this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com
0: B-l-u-e-n-i-l-e ecom All right,
2: so we are going to uh, dive into Nick Nurse in just one sec here. Just a reminder: tomorrow, Ashley Dawkins is going to come on the podcast, and we are going to talk all about Plan Bs now that Giannis Attentacumpo is a member of the Bucks for the next five years beyond this one, which. I don't think I've processed it yet. Kind of a bummer, not going to lie. We will uh, (laughs) commiserate and look at what the Raptors' options are now on tomorrow's podcast. More Giannis talk coming in the final segment as well. But first, let's get to Nick Nurse, who spoke after the game last night, addressed the good play of DeAndre Bembry, addressed the good play of Malachi Flynn, and the not-so-good play of Matt Thomas and Chris Boucher, among others. Let's listen in to Nick Nurse after Monday night's game.
3: You got a bunch of kind of guys with different looks. You had DeAndre out there with a bunch of first unit guys in the first half. What did you like with what you saw that was
0: different from game one?
3: Well, um, you know, first of all, DeAndre, I thought, gave us a big lift. You know, Uh, just made a lot of cutting plays to the rim, some drives and some kickouts for some easy ones. Um, I just kind of like him as a utility guy, even stuck a – three ball or two, I think. So that was good. Um, thought Malachi was good again. I really thought Yuda, um, you know, again, had another solid game. Um, we got, we got some work to do though, right. There wasn't, there wasn't great rhythm and, and pop out of our first group. I didn't think in either half, um, but we'll, we'll, uh, well, we know what we need to work on now. That was okay. a good game. That was a good game for that. Yeah, uh, that second quarter that Fred had, he, signed, he seemed to get into one of his little rhythms and he made two threes and a double clutch thing at the half and or at the buzzer. What have you seen from him, I guess, pretty much what you kind of expect from a veteran like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that's a game I thought he was having a, kind of a tough uh, tough luck there early. I thought he was getting knocked around pretty hard going to the rim or start the game and um, you know he was getting a little frustrated, but you know as usual he just hangs in there and keeps playing. And um, got some got some nice open looks and knocked him down. And you know he, we needed to, we we needed somebody to kind of step up and, and do that at that particular moment, or the game was gonna you know felt like felt like we we're in a lot more trouble than we were in because he was kind of letting us hang around you know kind of single handedly. Great, thanks a lot, Nick. Safe travels back to Florida. We'll talk to you later on. Thanks, Doug. Hey Nick, Um, you, uh, it looks like you have It doesn't look like. You clearly have a ton of options to go to as you try and construct the second unit. Um, You know, Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, uh, Deandre looks very good not to mention Malachi, Uh, you know, do you enjoy as a coach having that kind of competition? Do you feel like there is a sense of competition to uh, carve out some minutes uh, in that second unit? Yeah. I mean, um, it's always good to have the competition. I think Michael, um, again, it, it, you know, you've been hearing me for a few days now, talk about, you know, wanting to try to find some guys you can kind of count on each night, but I, I didn't, I didn't quite feel that from Matt and Chris and, you know, Terrence, you know, in the first half, they didn't have very good stints. You know, Terrence hit some shots in the second half, which was good to see get a little confidence. Um, you know, I, but again, DeAndre was a plus and And the thing I like about him is he's a heady player, right? He, he makes a lot of good plays and, and he might be a fit, you know, he, he looked like he was a good fit out there with that, with the, with the kind of majority of the first group. So, you know, I'm still learning him and he's learning us, but I like, I like what I've seen so far. It's just, these guys kind of all play the same position, Michael, you know, so it's, You know, I guess I'm just going to have to feel my way through it again with, with, um, you know, if it's not somebody's night and try somebody else and and maybe a wild-card guy here and there. Um, But we'll see. We'll keep working at it. Thanks, Nick. Safe flight. Thanks, Michael. Take care.
1: Hey, Nick. I wanted to ask you about Norm. Uh, Similarly to his start in the bubble games, he hasn't really looked like himself early
2: on here. Uh, Shots aren't falling. Uh, What are you looking to see from him going into the season? Is it just a matter of him getting – things revved up again
3: yeah it looks like it to me josh he he looked like he was a little bit you know uh, not quite firing just just tonight you know everything was a half count late or a full count late um you know and he didn't he didn't obviously didn't didn't make any of his three balls really what was he one for seven yeah so i mean we know we know he's a scorer and he's gonna he's gonna shoot the ball well you know he's a Almost a 40% three-point shooter, so um, I think it's a little bit of maybe just getting back in the swing of it for him, right, and getting some getting some rhythm.
2: In terms of Malachi, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Is there anything about what you've seen from him through th- through two games that has surprised you at all?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a good generator of offense, and I don't just mean because he's been scoring. He's just been he's just been. You know getting into the heart of the defense you know it's it's uh again he's making some good drives and he's he's um you know finding some great you know fire outs to guys and, and getting the offense kind of initiated and breaking down the defense into rotations that's been you know it's been a pleasant surprise that's not easy to do in this league you know to come in and be able to to do that i mean listen it's Still a preseason, and I don't want to get carried away here, but uh, he's looked good as far as an offensive generator, and he plays hard on D.
2: All right, so that was Nick Nurse talking after last night's game against the Hornets. The interesting bits there, of course, as I alluded to before we heard from Nick Nurse are the comments about Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas in particular, and sort of juxtaposed with the positive words for DeAndre Bembry and for Malachi Flynn. And look... It's two games of the preseason, and drawing any sort of grand conclusion about Chris Boucher and Matt Thomas from one of those games, because they were both pretty good in the first one, is dangerous, but I do think... I would understand entirely if Nick Nurse sort of prioritized Flynn and Bembry ahead of those guys in the rotation. And frankly, I think I would prefer that right now. Like right now, I know last week I talked about how I had the sort of established top eight that featured Boucher as the seventh man and Len as the eighth. I've kind of changed my thinking there, seeing the team play a couple games. And I think... Bembry for me should leap ahead of Boucher he can among that group of guards he's the most capable I think of sliding up to a bigger position to avoid that log jam and I think if you had Bembry playing you know 12 to 15 minutes a game as the backup four behind Pascal you know maybe mixing in some OG at the four once in a while here to limit the total number of minutes you have Bembry there I think you can get away with that because you know, the shooting the Raptors provide in most of their lineups around Benbury, I think, will make him viable. And his playmaking and cutting is quite nice, especially on a team that has talked about how much they want to incorporate more variability and cutting and unpredictability. I think Benbury is the kind of guy who can really help provide that in some bench lineups. I think Flynn's very clearly ahead of all these guys at this point based on his play so far, and then with Boucher and Thomas, you know Boucher was miserable in the game on Monday, jumping at every pump fake, you know, fouling excessively. He's almost fouled out in both games so far, just looked like a nightmare, did not bring good chaos. It was very, very, very bad chaos from Chris Boucher in the Monday Night game, and with Matt Thomas, I think as great as he was in the first game and as incredibly fun as he is to watch when he's hot and as much as i like matt thomas i think it's worth exercising a bit of a tempering of your expectations when it comes to what thomas can actually be night to night in the nba because as good as the steps forward on defense were in the bubble and seemed to be in the last in the two preseason games like there's still limitation there he's not a good on ball defender he is not someone who you can just throw out there in a man-to-man defense and think it's going to work you have to structure carefully crafted zones and lineups to make it work with matt thomas on the floor and they'll do that for sure i just don't know if it should be a priority when there's enough shooting on the rest of the roster to kind of get by and you know a guy like malachi flynn offers a little bit more in terms of defense and playmaking than matt thomas can and so I, i that's kind of why for me right now if i'm looking at how the rotation should shake out 7 through 10, it's Malachi Flynn and DeAndre Benbury for me at 7 and 8 and then, you know, 9 you can kind of oscillate back and forth between Boucher and Len depending on the matchup and what you need from your backup center and then maybe 10 is where I slot Matt Thomas in with a bit more responsibility than he had last year and more regular usage but still not someone you're necessarily counting on night to night to give you 15 to 20 minutes. So, that's uh, where I kind of view the rotation conversation now. Subject to change because every preseason game offers new clues and hints as to what Nick Nurse might be thinking. But based on what he said there and based on the play so far of Flynn and Benbury, I would hope that those guys have moved themselves up in the conversation in uh, in Nick Nurse's rotation because they're awesome. I would like to see them play a lot. I think there's some really fun lineups you can get to with Bembry as well. You know, if you throw out like a Lowry OG as a one and a five to keep those two together while you may be Stagger, Fred, and Pascal together as well in between them, if you throw Flynn, Powell, Bembry, that seems like a ton of fun to me. Um, if you throw a big in there instead of OG, you could probably make it work too. It's Baines or whatever, or even Boucher. Um, I just think there's a lot of interesting ways to use Benbery and his skill set, which is you know actual legitimate ball handling chops, good vision, great cutting, just a good IQ of the floor in addition to his defense, and nice rebounding from a six foot five guy who, you know, the rebounding is the reason I think you can slide him up a little bit to play the 3 and the 4 it is just because I think it can hang at that position against probably smaller bench lineups for other teams as well so that's where i'm at with the rotation for now we'll talk about more of that as things progress throughout the early part of the season i think this will be an ongoing conversation because the raptors have like seven or eight guys who are in the conversation between seven and 14 in the rotation potential to potentially get minutes and it's going to be a fun little storyline for us to keep an eye on this season we will finish up in just a second and dive into some of the short-term ramifications of the Giannis Supermax extension and what it means for the Raptors in the next couple weeks here, or the next week, I guess, before the season starts. Uh, we'll dive into the bigger picture stuff with Ashley Docking tomorrow, but we will get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about Headspace, which is the best way to relieve stress in what has been maybe the most stressful year we've ever seen. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So, whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace is a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Something very very necessary in this year in which all of our well-being has been hit with a machete time and time again. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on the benefits of it, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace is easy for you to make your life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is the meditation app made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com. Slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offering being offered right now, so
1: go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. This is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: Alright, let's uh, wrap this up by talking about the sadness, the elephant in the room. Giannis has stuck around with Milwaukee signing the Supermax extension, reported this afternoon, and that is is certainly going to change the Raptors' plans here. The plan A for the last, like, half decade has been to gear up to sign Giannis in the offseason. And, look, I I think there's a fair criticism to, you know, point out that the Raptors kind of mortgaged what this season's team could be in theory by allowing Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saw to leave, although maybe they were leaving anyway because of the Tampa situation. Either way, maybe they... Sort of sold out the spirit of the team a little bit in the interest of keeping money open for Giannis. I think you'd happily trade that off. And honestly, I still think the flexibility they have next summer is a reason why you don't give, you know, 30 plus bigs, you know, big extended contracts as well. But I I certainly understand why this would be a bummer because this team is less fun to root for than it was last year. For sure, you know things will change. DeAndre Bembry seems great. Malachi Flynn seems great. Maybe they will be very, very likable and gregarious and wonderful like they were last year. But certainly a lesser joy-inducing team without a and Gasol on it—that I think is inarguable at this point. And now they don't have that plan A in their in their in their in their vision anymore. It can't happen. Giannis is sticking around, and. That you know, it's there's an element to this that's like sort of Nixie, where it's like the Knicks sell out every year to just have cap space to hopefully sign people they think are going there. I don't think the Raptors can be accused of being similarly Nixie because I'm sure there are alternate plans here. And I don't think they're going to be entirely unprepared for this eventuality, which was always the most likely outcome. It was always most likely that Giannis would stay in Milwaukee, whether he signed the Supermax or not. They're a very good team. They could very well win the title this year, make it to the conference finals, make it to the finals, whatever. It, it, it's always something that was going to be a possibility. And so I do Can't imagine Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have looked at this and said, "Okay, we have no backup plan. It's either Giannis or Bust. There's something else they'll have cooking, I'm sure. But it certainly changes the timeline here and changes a lot of things for how the Raptors are going to approach not just this season, but going forward. I mean, first of all, I think the thing to really keep an eye on now is there's uh, six days left for OG Ananobi to potentially sign an extension uh, on his rookie deal. I think that's significantly more likely now. The big reason why they weren't going to extend him before the season is that the Giannis question still loomed and if Giannis was to not sign the Supermax, you wanted to have the full max cap space next summer and a nine million dollar cap hold for OG as opposed to, you know, a fifteen to sixteen million dollar cap, uh, cap number if you're able to sign him before on a number that's reasonable. That that was still a meaningful seven million dollar gap or whatever. I wonder if now they look at it and say, okay, let's just pay him now. We've seen two preseason games. He looks like he's added some stuff. We feel like this is a time to maybe pay OG now instead of a year from now getting stuck offering him a bigger contract because he you know showed out this season and was a fringe all star. Whatever the, the case you can make. And so I think it's far more likely we see OG signed to something here, whether it's a big fat, you know, $20 million a year deal. I don't know if that's the case. I would guess probably somewhere between like 15 and 18 in that range per year over four years. Um, But either way, I think it's a far more likely eventuality that we'll see OG signed. I do guess this makes a potential Lowry trade, if things go off the rails this season, a little more likely because you're not necessarily holding and hoarding all that cap space for next summer um, in the same way you would be, and there's not—it's not like a non-negotiable thing anymore because Paul George has already signed. I guess there's Drew Holiday and Rudy Gobert as potential free agents. I guess Kawhi out there too, although I would imagine Kawhi is probably going to do what Paul George did—you um, know—and sign long-term to stick around in L.A. You know, I, I think. There, there's probably if it was like hundred percent non-starter to take on money before. I think it's still probably a non-starter in a lot of cases to take on money for 2021 because of the flexibility they still have. They can go make a trade. They can add someone via cap space uh, into via a deal or whatever it might be, um, or maybe some other free agent. Maybe Rudy Gobert does become available and they want Rudy Gobert, and that's their plan B. I don't know, but I do think there would be a slightly increased willingness from the Raptors to maybe consider dealing a Kyle or somebody else this season for money that goes further into the the future and not just is off the books in 2021. I still don't think it's likely necessarily because, again, that cap space is still... Very, very valuable for the team, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I don't relish the idea of Kyle Lowry being traded, but he will be in an expiring contract. And if the Raptors don't perform the way I think they're going to perform this year, then that could potentially be a bridge you have to cross at some point down the line. Um, overall, I still think their plan will remain quite similar. You know, keep flexibility for next year, you know, kick it down the line maybe for a year. You have those options on Aaron Baines and on uh, Chris Boucher's contracts. You have. You know the potential to give Kyle the sort of balloon uh, parachute deal that uh, you know lots of stars get in their latter time with the, with a team. That's a possibility. And If that's the case, I'd be kind of down for that because I love Kyle Lowry and want to root for him on the Raptors as long as possible. But this certainly changes a lot of things for where the direction of the team goes and you know how they get that next star, that next key to top level contention is now uh, far more of a mystery because that was. You know, what Giannis walking into your cap space was going to set you up for half a decade of contention. That is now a question as to what avenues can you find that will get you there. Maybe a distressed star becomes available. Maybe Carl Anthony Towns asks out four years before the end of his deal. We don't know what the hell is going to happen, but there is uh, the flexibility is still incredibly valuable. And I would not think that Messiah and Bobby have no plan B's. We'll talk about some of those plan B's on tomorrow's podcast as well with Ashley Docking. Looking forward to that. Before we wrap up today's show, just want to get to a special local business of the day. This one, a pretty uh, shitty story. Uh, A local business being broken into and robbed last night in Mississauga that I want to shout out. Tweet from Kevin Joseph at KevJoseph underscore. This was sent to me by listener Toby. So thanks Toby for sending that in. Uh, the, uh, Kevin Joseph talks about his dad Whose store was robbed last night In Mississauga at 4.30am uh, They had some stuff stolen, glass broken Some damage done And uh, it would be wonderful if you could help out this business As they have to recover from this You know, recovering from getting uh, Broken into and robbed is difficult in the best of times and we're in the middle of a pandemic right now so if you are interested in appliances electronics go to wow liquidation at 247 dundas street east in mississauga Uh, Their number is 647-977-7438. They could use your support right now. That's WOW Liquidation at 257 Dundas Street East in Mississauga. Uh, And Kevin Joseph is at KevJoseph underscore on Twitter if you need to get in touch there. Um, It sucks. It's a very shitty situation. And hopefully, if you need some electronics or appliances in the Mississauga area, which we have lots of listeners in Mississauga, go and give WOW Liquidation your business. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, Ashley talking tomorrow to talk more about plan B's now that Giannis is signed. And then on Thursday and Friday, we will have our over-unders, our annual podcast where Vivek, Jacob, and Sahal Abdi join me to pick over-unders. I think it'll be the fourth year that we do it, maybe the third year. Either way, it's very fun. One of my favorite episodes of the year. Two parts, uh, picking over-unders and props for the Raptors in 2020-2021. Should be a lot of fun. That'll be Thursday and Friday. All right, that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. We will talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors.
3: Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.